Good morning. Is my mic on? Are we good? We good, Scott? Thank you very much. Well, I am really glad that you're here today. I'm going to sit down for a little bit of this. Uh, I'm really glad that you're here today. Last week, we talked about loving the people closest to us, right? Loving our family, loving our friends, loving our neighbors. And we based that on Mark chapter 12, and it said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second command is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other command is greater than these. So it's basically the love God, love people thing. And we talk about loving God and loving people a lot in this church because that's who we are. That's what we believe. That's how we want to live. Love God, love people. But how did you do with that this week? Because we talked about loving the people you know, closest to us. How did you do loving God and loving people this week? Was it good? Was it, oh, I forgot to do that? Was it, uh, maybe, maybe not? How'd you do? Now, now again, it's really important that, that we do that. But I just started praying last week as we started this series that God would open up an opportunity for me to love my neighbor, right? That, that's what I was praying. God, open up an, an opportunity. Open up an opportunity to love my neighbors. Friday late afternoon, here's what happened. I'm weed-eating part of my grass, and I get a phone call, and it's one of my neighbors. I said, hey, man, how are you? What's going on? Uh, How are things going? He said, not so good. Now, in my mind, I'm going, thank you, God. I get my opportunity right now. This is it. I I said, well, how can I help? He said, well, my mower just slipped into the creek. Can you come and help me get it out? Now, don't miss this. This is a brand new, zero-turn, really nice mower, and I'm more than a little jealous of what it is, right? And and he's going to slip in the creek. I said, man, I'll be right there. I'm going, yay, God, thanks for opening up this opportunity. So I'll go up there and go, there's no way we're going to be able to push this thing out of this creek. Brand new mower submerged in part of the creek, and uh, mud this deep kind of up and I said, I'll go get the Jeep. And so I went and got it. We towed it out and, uh, and pulled it. He said, I, I said, man, I'm, I'm glad to be able to help. Uh, I said, um, you going to tell your wife? He said, I don't know. You know, it was one of those. <laughs> so he might be watching this online right now. I have no idea if you are. I'm sorry. I just ratted you out. But I'm thinking, hey, 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 God, you really didn't have to almost ruin my neighbor's mower to answer my prayer, but he did. So I was really happy with that, whatever, whatever it takes. Did you pray for a neighbor this week? Did you pray for anyone? And if you did, or if you haven't, if you will, be ready for God to open up opportunities for you to step up, because that's the way it works. It's like Gracie and Home Depot. Stepping up, man, making sure, you know, Charlie's on the straight and narrow. Thank you for that, Grace. You know, I appreciate you. But, but you look at that and you're going, okay, what's going on with this? Jesus said, how you love each other is the key to people saying, there's something unique about you. There's something different about the way that you live. There's something that, that I need in my life. You get to show Jesus in that way simply by the way that you live your life. And I know that we can all find ways to love those people in our families and, and those, those people that are closest to us and those people that live around us. But how are you doing loving the people in your workplace? 
You want me to just stop now? You, just, you, you don't want to hear the rest of this? You just want to go home? How are you doing loving the people at your work? Where do you work? Just shout it out. Yeah, I have no idea what you said. That's okay. Wherever you work, whatever you're doing, it's a tough question. Do you like your job? Yeah? Some of you like your jobs. Some of you don't like your jobs so much. Some of you don't like other things about your work. Studies show that most of us don't like our jobs. 50 to 80% of us as Americans are very dissatisfied with where they work. But here's the challenge that, that I have for you, all right? I'm challenging you to love where you work. Not to love your job, but to show love when you're at your job. And there's a difference. I'm not challenging you to love your work. I'm challenging you to love the people that you work with. Because I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that God has you in that specific place, in this specific time, for a specific reason. All right? Don't miss that. Don't overlook that. And, 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 and maybe for you, you know, you're, you're looking at, I don't know, maybe your workplace and, and you're going, okay, I'm here for a reason. Maybe you're a student. You're going, I'm, I'm in this school for a reason. Or maybe you're retired. God bless you. We talked about that this past week at breakfast with a couple of friends. I may never make it to that, but if you're retired, refer to last week's message and just leave, okay? That, that's all I'm saying. You love the people around you, all right? Now, now here, here's the deal. All of us need to show love to the people around us. If you're 21 to 65 and you work 40 hours a week, right? You know how many hours that is of work? like 90,000 plus hours of work of your life. That's a lot of time to do good. That's a lot of time to love people. That's a lot of time to make an impact. You don't just want to go to work and punch a clock and, and come home. You don't just go to work and wait for a bell to ring and say, oh, now I get to leave. You have to be intentional with your life. You need to go into these things with a plan and allow God to use you to make a difference. If you have your Bibles, your iPhones, iPads, whatever you've got, uh, look up Colossians chapter 3. Now, we're going to look at what Paul has to say about living out your faith in a work environment. And he uses the reference point of slaves and masters, and we're going to get into that just, just a minute. So Colossians 3.22, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Whenever we hear the word slave or think about the, 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 the connotation of slave, we kind of jump up and say, why would he allow that? Why would Scripture allow that? Why doesn't he condemn slavery instead of saying it's okay? First Timothy 1, he condemns slavery. He condemns the slave traders and the liars. And in Paul's day, don't miss this, one-third of the population were slaves, 
But it wasn't the same kind of slavery that we think about when it comes to slavery here in America. You see, we only look at slavery from our perspective, from what we know and how, how we've been taught and what we've been through as a nation. Scott Barchi says this, with the first century slavery, it's important to note that racial factors played no role. Obviously, that was not the case here in America. In America, it did play a role. And slaves were captured in their home countries, brought back, sold immediately into slavery when, when, when they got off the boat. Um, and then he says this. Um, he says, education was generally encouraged in Bible times, which was not the case here with American slavery. It wasn't encouraged. As a matter of fact, it wasn't allowed. And again, uh, not the way it worked here. And slaves could own property in Bible times, not the way it was here in America. All right, so let's just clarify this. We're not talking about the same type of slavery. In Jesus' day, people would sometimes sell themselves into slavery because it might be a better life for them. So there were doctors, and there were teachers, and there were writers, and accountants, and secretaries that were slaves. So it did really resemble more of a workplace environment. Now, let me read that scripture again, but I want you to focus in on the, the, the slavery as more of a work situation. Slaves, workers, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time. Not just when they're watching you, serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear for the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. We need to go into our jobs with that same kind of attitude, that we're working for God, not working for men. Our job provides money, right? So what, we, what can we do with money? We can live with the money. We can buy stuff. But your job is so much more than that. It's your opportunity to serve Jesus. Don't miss that. You get paid to work to serve Jesus. Now, it may not be what you physically do for a living, but it's part of your work environment. And that's how we need to go. We need to work for Jesus. You say, Jesus doesn't sign my paycheck. It's P&G or GE or Fairfield Schools or the Home Depot. That's who I work for. Yes and no. <laughs> As Christ followers, everything that we do, Everything that we do is for Jesus. We work willingly at whatever we do as though we're working for the Lord rather than people. That means Jesus has you on an assignment to make an impact for his kingdom. And whoever's signing your paycheck, he's using them to put you on an assignment for the kingdom of God. That's, pretty, that's a pretty cool way to look at it. If Jesus, who you're working for, if, if you don't just do your best when your boss comes around because you're working for Jesus, you do your best all the time. Anybody here kind of step it up when your boss looks over your shoulder? When your boss is reviewing you? You know, that happens that way. Why? Because we want to impress the boss. But the problem is we can't hide from God. You know, Charlie kind of said that 
with what he said, or you just can't hide from God. Somebody is always watching, and God is always watching. This scripture really means that we have to quit blaming our bosses and quit hating our jobs and quit not doing all we can do in the work environment because we hate our boss. I'm not even going to ask how many of you hate your bosses. Be careful, Bill. How many of you hate your bosses? Be careful. His wife is his boss. I'm just saying. How many of you hate your bosses? Some of you work for yourself. Be careful when you answer that one. Two, they did a study and asked people, do you like your boss? And guess what the answer was? No. (laughs) Pretty easy, right? No. The next question was this. Why don't you like your boss? Here's the number one answer. Because my boss tells me what to do. Kind of the job of a boss, isn't it? Kind of telling you what to do. I, I, I get that. I mean, maybe you have better examples of why you don't like your boss. Maybe they show favoritism. Maybe they're unfair in what they ask you to do. Maybe they ask you to do more than what you're paid for, and, and you don't like that. But, but you need to really take them out of the picture when it comes to your work environment because you're really working for Jesus. And what would happen if people noticed you in your work environment stepping up your game, doing something above and beyond? What would change? Would they see a difference in you? The answer is yes. Anybody seen the old show, Undercover Boss? Anybody remember watching that show? Used to love it. It was actually on a few weeks ago. I watched an episode of it. The owners of companies would go undercover into their companies and work as an employee, right? CEO of a company, whatever. They'd go work as an employee. And most of the time, the owners, the CEOs, were horrible at the jobs that they had to go and work at. You know, their employees were doing such a better job than, than, than what they were doing. And, and I remember uh, one of the, the, the episodes was Larry O'Donnell, the president and CEO of Waste Management. And he went in collecting trash and cleaning porta-potties. You know, and there was a guy there, um, his name was Fred, and Fred had this incredible attitude, and uh, O'Donnell said he takes a job that most people would consider nasty, and he turns it into something fun and funny. If we could all do that, what a great company this would be, and isn't that true? If you could change your job into something different, a different environment than what you go into it as, wouldn't that make it a better place to work. Kyle Eidelman, a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky, he said uh, he was walking past a guy that had a big hose over his shoulder, and the guy was whistling an old Christian song. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Kyle said, I watched as he took the hose, went over to the porta pots and started cleaning them. So I went and started talking to him, he said. He said, I think it's great you can do a job like that and sing a song like that while you do it. And the guy said, I used to hate my job. But then I was taught that my work was supposed to be my worship. So now I do it with all my heart. Our work is our worship. Not that we worship our work. It's different than that. But our work is part of our worship. Colossians 4.1, Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master or a boss in heaven. Remember, if you're a boss, don't treat the people working for you like that. Treat them differently because you're going to answer one day to God in heaven for how you treat people. So treat them kindly and fairly and justly. 
No matter what, here's the, here's the, uh, the challenge. Do all of your work in love. That's 1 Corinthians 16. Do everything in love. Everything that you do. Does that mean cleaning toilets? Yes. Does that mean working at Home Depot? Yes. Does that mean teaching kids? Yes. So how are you personally doing loving the people you work with? How are you doing with that? Good, bad, indifferent? Do they know you? Some of us are indifferent. Some of us love people. Some of us don't. How are you doing loving the people that you work with? You know, sometimes people are a challenge. In the book, High Maintenance Relationships, it gives several personality types. See if anybody's face comes into your mind when I read these personality types. The critic, constantly complaining, nagging, and giving unwanted advice. Work with anyone like that? How about the martyr? They're always the victim, right? Always the victim, always self-pity. How about the wet blanket? Pessimistic, automatically negative, work with someone like that? The superstar, they have to be the center of attention. No matter what you do, they always one-up it. How about the steamroller? They're just boldly insensitive to others, oblivious to how what they do makes people feel. The control freak, they have to be in charge. The backstabber, people that can't be trusted. The green-eyed monster, they're just envious of everything and everyone. Or how about the sponge? Constantly needy. You work with someone like that, constantly needy. They give nothing back. You see them coming and your emotional energy just drains. You, you see people like, any, any faces come to mind with any of those? If you work for yourself, you might be all of those combined. I, I don't know, you know, seeing yourself in all of them. Um, Paul has a great plan on how to get along with those people around you. He says this, devote yourselves to prayer. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. What happens if you go to work tomorrow? If you go to school tomorrow and you start praying for your coworkers, praying for the students around you, or if you're retired, praying for somebody you're going to meet with that week, put a face to that. Who would you pray for this week? Put a, put a face to it. Coworker, other student, somebody you're going to run into this week. Put a face to it. Who would that be? You pray with an alert mind and a thankful heart. That means you listen to the people around you, right? You listen to them. What's happening in their lives? What are they struggling with? What is their family dealing with? Are they sick? Do they have a surgery coming up? Maybe they're just trying to figure out how to do life at whatever stage they're in, right? Pray for them. Keep alert. Colossians 4.3. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about the mysterious plan concerning Christ. Colossians 4.5, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That's huge. How are your conversations? Are they bitter? Are they full of gossip? Are they hateful? We have to start realizing that what we say and how we speak 
can destroy someone's faith or it can build someone's face, someone's faith. Seriously, no more excuses. I mean, no more excuses. We're all like, like somebody says this, I'm an adult, I can say what I want to say. You're an adult, but that doesn't give you the right to destroy people. You're an adult, it doesn't give you the right to post and say whatever you want to on social media. Because above being an adult, you're a Christ follower. And that should take precedence over anything else that you say and anything else that you do. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. So how are you showing Jesus' love at your jobs? What are you doing? I asked this question on Facebook, and I got a lot of really interesting answers. I'm going to read just a few of them. Ken Manis said this, Unfortunately, I think I'm the only Christian where I work. I try to be positive and show them Jesus any way I can. I pray over my office that they will come to know Him. I have to be a light, and I pray God uses me to reach them. That's the right attitude. That's the right attitude to have. Christy Caudell says this, I work in a crazy field, which is corrections. I'm going to be honest and say there are days I'm not the best Christian I can be, but there are more good days than bad. I try to give inmates a positive outlook on lives and make sure that they know, yes, they may have made a mistake, but they're still human and they deserve love and compassion that they can turn their lives around. It's never too late. Wow, what an important thing to do. What a great way to show love to people that feel completely unloved in those environments. Whitney Bolcher says this. She says, being behind the chair as a hairstylist is a dream job. I make my own schedule, continue to learn new things, listen to fun music, make how much money I want to make. I get to create art every day and basically just have girl time with my friends all day. But I also take an emotional beating. My morning guest will come in and she had to rush her dog to the emergency vet late the night before. Then my next guest comes in beaming for her last haircut before she becomes a mother. Then my next guest comes in and she just found out that her special needs son has been bullied on the bus all school year long. My afternoon guest comes in for a haircut and she's graduating college and her boyfriend of eight years finally proposed. But then my last guest of the night is talking through tears because she's grieving her mom that just passed and she needs her hair done for the funeral tomorrow. She says, it's the joy that I celebrate with my guests that fill me, but it's also those moments with my guests who are in pain where I just grab a box of tissues and sit next to them as tears just flow out and just be with them and know that they are safe with me. That's why I've prayed at my chair over my guests before, and most workdays I go home to my husband, and we pray over the people in my chair. And I, I didn't really understand that my chair is a ministry until one of my guests told me a couple years ago. My job changing, for, is that, that was job changing for me also. I have had three, I've had those grab the box of tissues conversations more and more frequently lately. The world needs more love and patience, and sometimes we just need someone to sit with us. How powerful is that? 
Your work is a place where you impact people for Jesus. And I know for some of you that might feel a little awkward, but don't let it be that. When you see an opportunity, make the most of it. It doesn't have to be forced. Maybe you see your coworker crying at their desk. That's your open invitation, right? Start praying for them. Keep your eyes open because God puts you in that environment for this season of life for a reason. So use it. It's not an accident that you're sitting next to a person that has a need. It's not an accident that somebody comes to you when they're struggling with something. Use what God has given you to be His hands and feet to impact the people in your workplace. Isn't it time that we start loving where we work instead of hating it? Let Jesus use you. Will you pray with me? Father God, I pray for everyone in this room and God, everyone watching online, may we all be your hands and feet. May we love the people around us. May we, may, may we show your love to them. May we, may, may, may we pour out blessings and life into them. God, thank you for loving us so that we can love others. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen.